0: We got out of the water and then I got on the bike and I started crying on the bike from happiness and I wasn't sure if I'm happy that I don't need to swim anymore or if I'm happy because this is my biggest passion.
1: So here we are. Welcome to T1, the triathlon podcast that keeps on giving. We won't use any of Matt's phrases that he just gave me just now. That might not work, but I'm Neil and I'm joined by my co-host Matt. Hello. Matt, how are you doing? Any, uh, any accidents this week? Because you are prone <laughs> to a few accidents.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to keep them all, you know, sort of end of year, beginning of year. So keep the middle of my year free. Like, just, it's nice to spend a few weeks out of hospital, you know? <laughs> You're doing pretty well. <laughs> also, I have been doing absolutely fuck all training. So <laughs> that's that's helped with the bike accidents.
1: Yeah, I'm the same the last couple of weeks. Um, right. We've had that, we've actually had a lot of love for the podcast. Um, I put some questions out. So we're going to talk about our special guest very shortly. But I put some questions out for our guest that we've got with us. And I got a lot of, whatsapp messages coming back saying they're happy that we're back so that was quite nice um, but we just have to commit to
2: maintaining it that's going to be the uh, the challenge right we're committing we're promising we're like we're scheduling appointments even in the diary so we
1: had a good we had a good we had a good, uh, had a good stint because we've done about a year and a half solid but um yeah. yeah it became a bit difficult as both of our lives got a bit more busy but i think also what we should say is anyone that's listening if they've got any suggestions for for podcast topics
2: guests that they like to talk to.
1: How you get in touch with us, I'm not quite sure how we advertise that yet, but we'll figure that one out. Anyway, right, so today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, How to describe this? I would say an ultra-endurance athlete, uh, done many ultra-marathons and bike rides, a sub-12 hour Ironman on your maiden Ironman, I believe, Uh, and most recently, what we're going to talk a lot about is an ultra-man so, welcome, and hopefully I've got the name right, I had to ask my better half to pronounce this, but Anna Badnarczyk. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, uh, here correct. We are. Very so good. Nice job, that was impressive. Yeah,
2: that is
0: impressive.
2: I would have I butchered that, <laughs> so I'm glad you had to say
1: it. So I sent a message to my other half, who's, who's Polish, and Anna, you're from Poland, and I said, right, how do you pronounce this? And she sent me a voice message. So uh, and I've written it how it sounds, but not, but not Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> anyway, enough of that. We're joined by Anna, um, and Anna is just you know, a couple a month or so off the back of uh, an Ultraman. This is the most requested topic we've had. I've had when I bumped into people is, "When are you doing the podcast?" And can you get Anne on the podcast? And that's that's legit. So we have so many questions for you here. Ourselves, we want to talk about it. We want to hear from you, but we've also got questions from members of our club, which we're both a member of.
2: Before we even sort of dive into this or, or go for for the next part, I think like just for anyone listening, what is an ultra man? Tell us that part first. Yeah, let's do that.
1: And should and my second question should it be called an ultra woman? Genuine question: If 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 you're if you're completing it, should it be an ultra woman? An ultra. Well, Iron Man's the same though. I have the same question, but we're talking about Ultraman, right? Anna, give us your uh, your answer here. I
0: think there is no like one official name for this kind of event. Some call it like ultra triathlon. Very, uh, very often I hear like double Ironman, but it is not a double Ironman. Ironman is just a brand, right? So it is like a double distance of the full triathlon. And many people just think, okay, it's, it's an Ironman. So there is no... One official name, and yeah, you can call it Ultraman, you can call it ultra triathlon or Double Triathlon, however.
1: What do you call it when you're telling people that you've done it?
0: Yeah, I think I most of the time I say that I did a Double Triathlon. Double
1: Triathlon. Yeah, because, I had, this, I had yeah. this thing when i done Challenge Roth, which wasn't an Ironman, but if you say Challenge Roth to someone, they're like, "What? Well, no idea what it is. What's that,
2: sprint or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah my wife just told everyone I did Ironman Germany. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you did double Ultraman Germany then, Anna. So you you call it like a, a double triathlon? Double
0: triathlon. Yeah. That's how triathlon. I call it. Yeah, I want to so like remove this connection. Maybe. Yeah, from from the iron membrane. Yeah, yeah. So the distance is the double full triathlon. So that's seven point six kilometers of swim. Although I did a bit more, but I will explain later. <laughs> Three hundred sixty on the bike. Also, I did a bit uh, more. And then uh, eighty-four, a bit uh, above eighty-four kilometers of running, so two marathons wow. in one go.
1: In one go. We're going to oh, talk. Uh, we're going to talk more about that. But that's just to set the tone and what, what we're going to talk about today. But I thought it'd be great to dive straight in and hear a little bit more about you. Now, I think I first met you Anna six or seven years ago, maybe <clears throat> we were on bike rides. I think through through our club attack. Um, and I don't know well Matt you were in the club at that time as well Matt's not with us in Amsterdam anymore but um so anyway I've got some quick fire questions for you I don't know if you've listened to any of the previous po- podcasts that we've done so I'm going to give you some choices you've got to give me the first answer that comes to your head right barst or pierogi barst barst so that's like a beetroot soup for uh <laughs> yeah. for our non-polish uh, natives here yeah. gravel or tri-bike
0: Oh, hard one. Is it summer or winter? <laughs>
1: There's a, just the okay. first answer that comes to your head. Try bike. Try bike. Aero or upright position? Aero. Amsterdam or Rotterdam?
0: Amsterdam.
1: <laughs> I agree. Attack or Rafa bike rides? Attack. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question there. Okay, here's, here's a better one. Tom Tom or Garmin?
0: <laughs> oh, that's a tricky one.
1: It's a, Got to yeah, give us an answer.
0: Yeah, it's a garden. Oh,
1: that could be controversial. <laughs> we'll tell you about that later. Well, you can tell us why is it, Why why might that be controversial?
0: Well, because I work for TomTom. Tom. <laughs> exactly.
1: That was basically it. in
0: my hobby. I use gardening, so <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. I'm the
1: same. I've had a TomTom Tom watch. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I have no. to say, uh, pool or open water.
0: Pull, pull,
1: pull. Never, that, ever has, open water. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. We've got a question about that later. So anyway, that was it. I just thought we'd have a quick fire round there. It's always a, bit, a, a little bit fun. Right, so let's go right back to the beginning. Tell us about your first triathlon, if you, if you can, whatever it was. When was it?
0: Yeah, it was six years ago. Oh, wow. With Ruffy. the club? Yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just a sprint uh, triathlon at uh, Bosban. And I did it like without serious preparations, of course. It was just a sprint uh, triathlon. But what was really uh, amazing for me, and I, I didn't have it before, is that, like, of course, I don't like open water swimming. I think that's a, that's a famous uh, fact. So we got out of the water, and then I got on the bike, and I started crying on the bike from happiness. And I wasn't sure if I'm happy that I don't need to swim anymore, or if I'm happy, because this is my biggest passion, this kind of triathlon. So I was like cycling and crying and people were like overtaking me because I was of course not not well prepared but I still had this kind of happiness on the bike which was destroyed when I started running because I was not prepared for the transition from cycling to running so then suddenly I didn't feel my legs and yeah this happiness uh, disappeared. But that's something that I really remember. I don't remember a lot from this uh, first uh, sprint, but I do remember that the whole cycling, I was just crying from happiness for the
1: whole for the whole the whole ride.
0: Yeah, I was just <laughs> crying from happy, or maybe it was emotions, etc. But yeah. it was like a positive, yeah, crying.
1: I I feel I don't know if you've ever had this, Matt. Um, I, I only, I've only had it with my first half Ironman. But I felt quite emotional at the end, and I have no idea where it came from. Yeah. It just came, and I was thinking, does it just come from the 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 weight off your shoulders or something I don't know maybe it's maybe it's something to do with that
2: I definitely the first couple of mans I did like yeah. when I finished I I kind of I needed to have a little quiet time to myself yeah. and like yeah. there was a few tears that came down yeah. I think yeah. it's just like
1: that's what I had with my you, first time you,
2: you sort of put yourself somewhere quite unknown as well and even even short True. distances, when you're building up to those, it's still a kind of, um, it's a new experience. And you're putting yourself through a certain amount of like pains, maybe pushing it, but like oh, discomfort yeah. and knowing you can get through that is It's yeah. quite uh, like quite cathartic, quite yeah. emotional yeah. at the end. Just another thing. I think uh, the offic- officially that the distance, the shortest distance of triathlon should actually be called just a sprint because everyone describes <laughs> it as just a sprint right like yeah. <laughs> like uh, le- uh, the week after Roth, i did a I i won just actually a, a bit of a humble brag like a, a local race and people are like oh well done it's like yeah but it's just a sprint yeah <laughs> so i think you even said that in the
1: previous podcast actually i think you actually said that do you remember what your time was for the sprint that you've done no Anna? i don't the, i the, don't
0: know uh, that's no.
1: interesting uh, what one was it like the boss ban or something the boss ban yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, it I seems know, to be the one that everyone yeah. Yeah. everyone yeah. sort of yeah. starts yeah. with Right, so we got a question from from Radek, I think he's also he's also from. Uh, I, from think Pond, so. I think so. Yeah. I think so. He was going to send it in post. So I was like, that might be a bit unfair for the rest <laughs> of us, and I would have to read it out. But <clears throat> there was a, I had this question as well. So, what was the path then that got you from that first triathlon, um, to let's say your ultra man to your your double distance triathlon? Yeah, because that's so quite that's a short a good time. Question. Six years it is, is, a is quite time, a short time. And I do
0: remember that after this. Uh, just a tr- just a sprint <laughs> or after the sprint, you know, I was like thinking, wow, there are people who do like Olympic distance and there are yeah. people who do like half distance and there are people who do like a full distance. Yeah. And I was like, they are completely like from another planet, you know? Yeah. So I was I was never ever planning to do like a half distance or full distance. Yeah. I thought, this is it. I will just do maybe one time uh, Olympic. So there is no like a structured Path, let's say, but things just happened on the way, so it was not like a plan that I made. But um, I did like the first uh, sprint, and I did the second sprint, and I did Olympic, and then yeah, I didn't really plan to do the full distance. And then I met Telma. Telma was also in the uh, oh, attack yeah, yeah. Uh, club. I think she's also she's still there. And then she was like explaining to me how she was like planning for the full triathlon for her fifties birthday. Wow. And then uh, I I was 38 and I thought okay I'm going to do the full triathlon for my 40s birthday uh, because no, I wanted to be like Thelma and then I thought <laughs> I'm going to do it like that so that was for me like a motivation to do the full uh, triathlon.
1: Yeah. Which one did you do? The
0: one in Barcelona, Barcelona in 2019. Yeah. And that was my like only full triathlon that I did that was the Ironman uh, uh, brand. Yeah. And then I wasn't planning to do any ultra or anything like that. I thought maybe I will just do Yet another full triathlon someday in the future, but there was no plan. The yeah. things just happens. Yeah. You know, the things just happen to me. It's not like that. I am planning that activity.
1: Yeah. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind, kind of get it. I'd never had the plan. I remember actually writing something out years ago before my first half. Like, what would it ever take to do a full Ironman for me? And I had all these things. Well, you need to have a your job would need to be quite stable. I'd written all these things out. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it just kinda of happens. I think you just sort of seek that something or you see others doing it or, or whatever. That's kinda of, kinda of how it goes about. But okay, well that answers that, I guess.
2: I I wanna like sort of maybe in my experience, but maybe Anna can kinda of chip in and, and let me, let let me know she agrees with this. But I think to- to build up to the longest stuff you have to just sort of be quite like love training almost right and if you really enjoy training if you just love riding your bike and getting out there and doing it more then those distances kind of build up quite naturally even though you don't necessarily meet you don't do like your first just a sprint and then uh, yeah. or you know kind of wake up the next morning and go I will do a double Ironman next, you know, like, <laughs> but, but like the next ride is 30k and then a yeah. few weeks later it's a 40k ride and then I don't know the next year someone's doing 100 and you're like well let's give that a try and but if you just love what you do and love being outside and love doing those things it kind of it's quite organic really in the way it builds up right yeah Yeah, i
0: completely agree with that it's like you keep on like having this active life you know you keep on swimming and cycling and running because this is what you do this is like your lifestyle etc and every now and then there pops up a race that you are participating but the race is not like a path in itself it's just your life that is around like sport and then every now and then you you just race
1: yeah 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 I'm not sure. I mean, I just something triggered me there, Matt, when you say love training. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 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 trying to think, do I love training? I'm not sure I love training, but I love something about it. But I'm not sure if I can sort of get my head space that I love training. Maybe I like the result or I like the sum of it, but you know, I I mean it's no secret. I, I hate Running, <laughs> I'm not so keen on swimming, but but I do love the the the, the journey. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. I don't know what the, I don't know. Uh, you've got me thinking here, it's a bit philosophical, really. Yeah. When so.
2: whenever anyone asks me about work and stuff, like uh, yeah, do you really enjoy your job? I'm like, well, I mean, give me context because like, there's literally no job I could be doing where I wouldn't prefer to be out on my bike like you know so it's all it's all like it's all sort of you know within relationship to that like i'm not someone that wakes up in the morning and goes yes i get to work today you know i'm not that person all right like i do the thing which makes me least not be happy to not ride my bike that day basically so that
1: that makes sense yeah fair fair enough we should talk a little bit about the, the double triathlon right where did you do it
0: in uh, Germany, yeah, it was, it like was a small close to the to the to the uh, Dutch border, small uh, village. Yeah, Very close it? to Hengelo, it was called Emstetten.
1: Ah, okay, and you, we should shout out your support team. I know Michael or Michiel was there, right?
0: Yeah, so. that was uh, that was one of those like amazing moments, yeah. you know, because that was surprise. I didn't know. Uh, uh, that that uh, uh, would come and he, uh, I saw him when I got out of uh, water oh nice and swimming was horrible so I was anyway a bit upset with like a bad beginning and then yeah. suddenly you see like positive like surprise because there is someone that you didn't expect yeah. representing attack and yeah. then he was like hey Anna how are you make a, like a small uh, video for attack and I completely forgot about like this drama in the swimming pool yeah because we'll I just changed the context you know like uh, and then I saw uh, saw him and there is also another story uh, with uh, with the sticky notes that I can explain yeah yeah but that's, that's that's one of those like kind of very important moments yeah. of the race yeah. that I will remember so well, what
1: was your time what was your overall time we should talk about
0: that. oh yeah that was uh, 25 and a half hour
1: wow <laughs> it's just phenomenal <laughs> I mean, on one hand, I'm saying, wow, 25 hours doing sport. But, you know, when you're doing things, you tend not to look at that. On the other hand, I'm saying, wow, 25 and a half hours for a double distance triathlon, given what it took me to do Roth. It's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Right. The one question that we're getting time and time again, we, we got maybe 10 people getting in touch from just from the attack group alone with this, with a similar question. And that is, Why? Everyone wants to know why, um, yeah. why, why do
0: it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is not an easy answer, I think, and it's also not like very like a. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not easy to say why, and maybe that also like why for this race I can explain, but why in general can change from one race uh, from one race uh, to another. But for me, why? Uh, I think there is like. Uh, one personal uh, aspect uh, of it. So I, I do it because uh, when I look back and the things that i done, like the first just a sprint, you know, or like my, uh, my uh, 500 uh, kilometers bike ride, or I don't know, the, the cycling from Italy to the Netherlands, etc. So when I look back, there are things that I did that I'm happy that I did them. And I kind of imagine myself in the future that I look back at today. And then I kind of, you know, think, what would it be that I would regret that I did do or didn't do? So if I look back, I didn't. I don't regret the things that I did around sport, triathlon, etc. Of course, around kids as well. But now we focus on on the sport uh, aspect. So I think it is for me like kind of creating these memories that in the future when I look back, I will be happy that I did it. Like I'm happy that I did this double triathlon. You know. And in 10 years, when I look back, I will still be happy that I did it. Yeah. And I, that drives me a lot.
1: I once heard this from a from a therapist. Uh, yeah, this guy was a therapist and, and he said, I'm not saying this is exactly what you're saying, but it's similar. It says nothing should be left in the dream box. Yeah. So if you open this yeah. box, nothing should be left there. No. And maybe it's something like that in a yeah. roundabout way. It's not to say that you had a dream to do an ultra um anything or it but it's the feeling that you get looking back and knowing that you've done it yeah there's, there's some similarities there and that's something that i always take with me when i heard that is nothing should be left in the dream box
0: exactly it's like kind of creating the of the of the memories yeah and i think another very important reason for me is when i hear from people that it's inspiring yeah it also drives me yeah. As many people say it's, it's impressive. That's also nice to hear. But when someone tells me it's really inspiring and because of that, I did, this and that, yeah. then I am like, I am like, so like, yes, I yeah. do something good yeah. because, you know, I leave something to this world that yeah. stays in the people. They do something good because of me. Yeah. That is very strong. Uh, also I totally, I totally motivation. get that one.
1: Something that stays with me again was it was Brian from the club that that told me this one, but I've never managed to get rid of it, and it's what motivated me to do my ultra marathon when i'd done it and 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 it also was the thought in my head when i was having a real mental problem with the uh, challenge roth and the 10 days leading up to it i was really not in the best headspace and that is never give up because you don't know who you're inspiring yeah
0: exactly i've always
1: kept that and it's just something that actually keeps me going if it's getting tough because yeah i mean with all due respect, I'm not inspiring you, Matt, when I'm when I'm running across the finish line at Roth, but I might be inspiring, you know, yes, someone no that worry. was watching me, that yes. was on, you know, a young child or or someone that's, you know, a larger triathlete like me. You can, you, you just do not know who you're inspiring, and uh, that's always stuck with me. It was it was Brian that gave it to me. He heard it from from someone else, but that's that's always stuck with me. Yeah. I use that one as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know when I've done a few endurance events before and people have even like friends and family who've sort of maybe followed online or, you know, just check stuff. And the best part has been a couple of people have gone like, I went out and ran the next day and I haven't run for years, but I went out and thought like, if you can do that, I can yeah. go run for 10 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, that might be all they do, but like for every five yeah. people that do that, one of them might start to love running. And I don't care if they race or not, but they might just run two or three times a week from then on. Yeah. And then they might be a bit healthier and they might be a Heckier. bit I don't know, more present for their Heckier. kids. So they might be, yeah, yeah exactly happier or something. Yeah. yeah. What, How about your kids, Anna? Because I, I yeah. know for me as well, like being a good role model is super important and super motivational. Yeah. So um, I have a question. I, relating to that
1: and it's what did they say were they at the finish line
0: yeah, no, and that's uh, that's uh, that's a bit of a, like uh, maybe less uh, or a bit more sad uh, story. Yeah, so yeah. they were not, uh, they couldn't uh, be there. So if you would ask me like, what is one thing that you would change? That's yeah. exactly this. I would uh, make okay. sure that they yeah. are there, so yeah. so they couldn't uh, be there.
1: But what did they say after you done it? I mean, surely. Yeah, I you mean, know, they are like two boys. Two
0: boys. They are like so proud of me. They are like yeah. 12 and 14. So they are like aware. You know, and they are like talking to like all his friends, you know what my mama did, like what did yeah. your mama do? Yeah. You know, so they are yeah. like so proud of me. Yeah, and that's also really cool. I and I, I, I really mean it. They were really supporting me like on the oh, way. For sure.
2: Really, yeah. like,
0: you know, my older son especially, he was like sometimes I thought, oh, I really don't want to go to the swim, etc. And then he was like he was always saying, Yeah, just go and then it's behind you and then we watch the TV or something. Yeah. So they were also, like, super supportive I mean, they're
1: along just part the of the journey, right? Yeah. They're, they're really yeah. part of it. I noticed it just with training for a fool and um, just having, you know, my son now is 16 and having Magda at home just supporting you in the smallest ways just yeah. makes that, that a little bit easier. Yeah. I, I,
2: think I think there's th- a real, like, subconscious thing. Like, it might not even be that they go out and do something or they want to do the same thing, but just that kind of... Um, that how many kids grow up knowing that kind of these big challenges are possible and it's a good thing to embrace them and take them on yeah. and like whatever they want to do, they, they've seen a role model. They've seen someone modeling that behavior of, of like taking something on, they're not sure they can manage and like also working towards a really big goal, right? You don't just go out and do it, but actually you put months and months and months in getting somewhere. And I think that's such a great, like, yeah, just such a great way to Thing to show kids at like yeah. that that point,
0: and they see more than what others see because they live yeah. with me. You know, yeah. I only live with them, yeah. so they are the ones who see everything, they like see the how good much and the it costs of time and like yeah, this, the they moods. see the good For and the me bad, it's the
1: moods, yeah, <laughs> the
0: moods, etc. So this is indeed, uh, I think, something that will stay with them, and they are yeah. both like none of them are, are doing triathlons, but they are doing sports, etc. But I think it's good for them to see like how happy I am but by, by the fact that I found my passion. And that will help them. Hey, I also want to have my passion because I see Mama is happy with her passion.
1: I always tell people this, like in Magda especially, we always have the conversations about why. Um, and my why is just, it's different depending on what the event is and what, what time. But ultimately it always comes down to when I try to look back is the journey. And this is what I always say to Magda, it's not about going out and doing an Ironman, which is the the biggest distance I've done. It's everything that I get in my life preparing for that Ironman and after. So after you get the satisfaction of knowing you've done it, but then it sort of goes away and you've got a medal, which is quite nice. But for me, it's all the disciplined parts leading up to that, how it makes me more better with my time, better. I'm just a better person to be around. I think I'm far more happy. When I have something that's given me that structure and teach you know giving me all the all the things you have to do to, to prepare for an endurance event is positive for, um, for me and 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 it stops you you know it stops me going out and wanting to do other things like go partying or something so yeah. which I speak a lot about but he, he, here's a question for you both actually and it's when you talk about son so when I was doing my when I was doing challenge Roth my son was telling his friend and they were cycling to school and I thought oh that's quite cute but his son sorry my my son's friend hit him with a question that he hit me, and I said I was going to ask both of you because you've both done um, uh, ultra-long-distance triathlons. <laughs> he said, would you rather do the the, the double the distance, which you've done, Anna, so double the swim, double the bike, or would you rather do two back-to-back? So would you rather do a swim-bike run and a swim-bike run, or would you rather do what you've done, double the distance?
0: Yeah, so... In the, in the, uh, international, uh, association for the ultra triathlons, you have both options. So oh there are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are like multiple uh, choices. There are also people who do like, they call it one per day and then you do it like this. twice, eh? one per day for two days. Let's yeah. say there are also people who do like three per day and then three in one go. So they go- do like three times like full triathlon and then they the the triple uh, distance. What
1: what would you rather do?
0: Yeah, so I uh, uh, I chose the the double in one go uh, because I found it a bit more challenging than like doing just the full distance and then you go to bed and then you do yet another full
1: distance, you know? What would you rather do, uh, Matt?
2: Yeah, I think the same. I also think it'd be like really hard to start again almost. like. Even though I know it's the same thing, and you're doing the same thing, but like to finish one and then be almost like at the beginning and starting again, <laughs> whereas like getting all the swim done and all the bike done, it feels like but you're kind of knocking it off. Your wet suit so would still be wet. up. <laughs> yeah. but about. like having to swim again after doing an eye, I just think like the body would hurt so much. Yeah. Like I'm just not used to that. Yeah, so I guess
1: that's that's the challenge. Have you saw the gentleman Sean Conway? I think his name is. Who's doing? He's on day number ninety of an Iron Man every day. He's
2: trying to get okay, the record of
1: 102. Yeah. One a day. He's been doing it for the last 90. It's unbelievable, <laughs> the guy's... Unbelievable. I uh, know, that
2: just shows that you've got a very understanding boss, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or too much money. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, some of those things i am never, like... <laughs> that impressed with those guys that go and do like day after, you know, like I've done a marathon every day for six years and you're like, I don't know, it's just it's just having the time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know.
1: I would struggle, but I guess it's all relative. We're going to move to another section, and we're going to come back with more questions for for you, Anna, because we have lots to get through. But we're trying we're trying to keep it keep it flowing. One of the things in this new format of triathlons, um, Matt, we have is, is hot take, right? And it's to choose a, a news item and give our point of view on this. And I think this is one that you've chosen. Um, do you have the Do you have the notes in front of you? I'm bringing them
2: up. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on.
1: Matt, <laughs> Matt hasn't printed out the notes. I think it was about uh, Max Newman not winning the the World Championships in Nice.
2: There we go. That was the one. So we we're was- on pro racing and we were, maybe this is a bit of a teaser for the next one. Yeah. We can explain some of these people, but um, we've had the first PTO race, the big uh, pro race of the season earlier in well, a couple of months ago in Ibiza. And uh, Max Newman, the Australian athlete, uh, won kind of under the radar, I'd say. He also got fourth in Kona and again, probably fairly under the radar. I think everyone knew he's a good athlete, but not necessarily expecting that level of performance. And now everyone's making him the favorite for the World Championships. And he's saying that, you know, he's one of these guys that like he never leads, but he just... Is always there, and they're saying like he's undroppable. Like you can't drop him on the swim. He's going to stay with all the strongest cyclists on the bike, and then he's like a great runner and just super steady. And he'll just take his own time and he'll run really well. But there, so so I think he's becoming the favorite. And I think the hot take I had was that I don't think he will. Like I don't think he's going to do that well. You're putting out that he's not going to win the world chance. He's not going to win a world chance. And you know what? Because Bold. it's easy to be undroppable when you're going under the radar. But I think when he goes in as one of the favorites, I think he's going to like, they're going to do everything they can to make sure he gets dropped. So I think it's, you know, it's easier to sort of tag on the back of a bike group when no one's expecting a whole lot of you. But when you're one of the favorites and I think, uh, yeah, I think. And, and on on that sort of like how he gets dropped. But uh, all it's going to take is Magnus Ditlev, who we, who we saw. You probably I, also, I also saw him at the finish in line. In <laughs>
1: fact, if you remember, <laughs> we, we, we spoke about this in the previous podcast, but if you remember the photo where I was identifying Jan Fredino from behind, as you see me in the photograph, I'm actually photo someone taking their photo with with Magnus. If you remember, the four yeah, of them, and yeah. I'm just walking right in front <laughs> of them. So it's comedy. You couldn't make this up. But yeah, so and he's he's he, he's he's who you think will win, right?
2: I, I i'm not sure. i think he's probably up there as well but I, I do think that he can distance everyone on that bike and yeah. it's a hilly bike course for once yeah. and i was listening to something the other day and he confirmed this is true can you guess magnus ditlef's ftp i know
1: because you mentioned it in the last podcast but i'll leave anna to try and get uh try and get i this.
2: have no idea so
1: magnus ditlef just got the unofficial but official world record shall we say at, at roth um and he did very well in the swim. He's known for being, you know, a great cyclist. Um, what is it? Tell us. Well, I think I know. It. It's above four is doesn't
2: it? It's like yeah, he did a, a twenty-minute FTP test a, a few months ago, and he pushed five hundred and ten watts.
1: Oh, even more. Wow. I, I remember being it is at that scene. <laughs> that is crazy. But then you've got to think you know, a rich man never says that he's rich. So maybe he's full of shit.
2: <laughs> maybe I he's. No, he also rode 355 on a yeah, nine man course. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough. And you had another general hot take. You're just speaking about that. You think tri and and type TT bikes should be banned, right?
2: Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a more controversial one, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this is something we were discussing around the dinner table. I think yeah, before Roth, Roth or yeah. after Roth, but yeah, um, yeah the, the bike company will bike companies might not like this, but I think triathlon bikes should be banned. And don't <laughs> get me wrong, I love my tri bike. I like riding my tri bike. I like going fast on my tri bike. But, and I was thinking this through, this argument through the other day, if you were, maybe, obviously, the sort of tragic situation with Gino made aside, yeah. if you were to name the last four big crashes in, in cycling, you'd say, what, Fabio Jakobsen, Remco, Van der Poel, uh, Chris Froome, Egan Bernal. Right, two of those were on a road bike. And both of those guys are back up to pretty much full form. Two of those crashes were in training on a tri bike and it's pretty much ended or paused or whatever you want to say. Those two careers. Like, I think I said to you around the dinner table, it's like someone coming up to you and going, hey, you know, that car that you've got. Well, we've made a really cool version of it. It's a super sports version of it. It's way faster. doesn't handle great. Oh, and we've put the brakes in the glove box. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can be able to go in a way really faster, but if you to need to stop, on. you're going to have to go and find them. Right? <laughs> and i just wonder like if we just got rid of it entirely level the playing field completely (laughs) and make everyone ride road bikes like like, firstly like safer but also let's be honest triathlon's not the cheapest sport to get into so if you can kind of make it one bike to to solve both those things i think i'd be in for that
1: (laughs) on that we're going to come back we've got some more questions right for you anna and i thought it'd be good to break down the race so obviously it's a swim, it's a bike and a run and we've we've got questions from other people. So I thought we'll take a look at that, see how the race went and throw some of these questions in, right? So we've got a question from Dan and it's about the swim. So we're going to talk about the swim and Dan from our, from our club and he said, why did they make you swim in a pool? It seems really cruel.
0: No, that is like the <laughs> I knew only you were like say that uh, given yeah, your like answer that was like, my condition to participate. <laughs> <laughs> like there is nothing better than this. Like this is like a dream swim in the pool. How
1: many laps was it? I mean, you done more don't, than what happened.
0: I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know anymore. It was a fifty uh, meter, uh, fifty meters uh, oh, pool. That, that's, that's uh, so and, uh,
2: twenty twenty laps is a thousand in that case. Yeah. So. And it was 7.7 7.
0: 7 kilometers. So it was a bit more than
2: 140. Uh, no,
1: I'm. I'm, I'm just going to. 140 something. I was
0: going to say that. Was like, I'm just 70. talking
1: nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, you didn't have to count them, of course, right? How did they count them?
0: I did count them, like, I did count, like, the distance, not really the on laps, but though. more like, yeah, like, okay, 50, 100, So when you realise you forgot,
1: you forgot to change the pull size on your watch and Garmin doesn't <laughs> let you do it unless you stop. No! <laughs>
0: no, that I didn't have, but then I was, like, swimming and swimming and it was not my best swim, if I ever had my best swim yet. And then they told me that, like, after 7.5 kilometres, they will put, like, a sign in the water last 100 meters so then i knew i was like 7.5 and then i was like yes i'm gonna see the sign i'm gonna see the sign and guess what happened i didn't see it because they messed up counting so they made me swim more but because it was swimming that completely like i was like no that cannot be and then (laughs) i was like looking around there was almost no one anymore in the swimming pool i was one of the last ones and then they made me swim more and it's like 100 meters it's not a lot it's just two minutes more but wow, for me yeah. mentally that was yeah. the most difficult part of the race
1: and you don't like swimming at all do you? i that's don't like favorite. swimming and yeah.
0: also on that day i just didn't feel it i couldn't fi- find my rhythm i was like trying to just because you were in
1: a swimming pool that's why
0: <laughs> <laughs> if that it was open be. water, you'd be fine. <laughs> that might be. But that may be interesting fact. All the ultra triathlons are in the swimming pool, not is in the so? open water. Yeah.
1: Why is that? Just
0: i don't know i think it's like logistically much easier to manage because yeah. you also it's like long distance so you also need to drink and feed yeah. and uh, and, uh, yeah, and eat the on I the had. way yeah. right yeah. so yeah. when it's open water then you would have to have some kind of yeah. post where people can drink and yeah. eat or, 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 it's or a canoe for each person it's difficult.
1: and there's also less people do it right so it's not like you can get the same support at a lot of these right like yeah. when i've done my ultra marathon you would. one aid station and it was like run out and run back and if you're there in time you'll get your bag that you've given them Um, yeah yeah, fair enough what was your time for the swim do you know
0: yeah I think it was like Uh, two hours, 40 minutes, 45, something like that. I don't remember exactly. I was targeting for like less than two and a half hours, but because on that date, I, I, I didn't feel like swimming and it took longer than what I even anticipated. So it was really long, long swim.
1: What would you do differently on this one?
0: Well, what happened also is that before I got into the water, I put like the wetsuit mm. and normally I swim only in the swimming pool because yeah. that's what I like so I'm not used to it. and the day before I did swim like once in the in the wetsuit That was your first time when That for was my first time like, for a long time yeah so <laughs> I didn't do like any training in the wetsuit The one
1: rule is <laughs> Yeah
0: and then I did like few minutes uh, swim and and it felt okay but on the day itself you are under Emotions. So then I put this wetsuit, and I couldn't breathe. You know, it's it's like normal when you before the race when you put the wetsuit. So also before I got into the water, I was already stressed. Yeah. And I was under impression that we start on the other side. So <laughs> when they started counting down, I realized that all the people Everybody are <laughs> on the other side of the swimming pool. So then I ran That's in the sweatsuit without possibility to breathe. <laughs> I ran to the other side and like everyone was like looking at me. So I got so I think what I would change, I would get into the water earlier. Okay. And not when there was like three, two, one, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I yeah. jumped into the water and started swimming. So it was very like not relaxing. Start. I
1: had, I had a, I mean, I wasn't doing the same distance, but the similar start at Roth, where my uh, I had to take the wetsuit off because it burst. That sort of yeah. burst open at the zip about five minutes before the race, and that was one thing. I was like, I should be putting this on earlier, and it's because I have this fancy schmancy sort of wetsuit. It's the hoop one where you yank the top and it, it splits like a like a banana. It just sort of comes off the off off the back, but you have to know what you're doing. So yeah. this guy was like, Oh, I'll help you zip it up and he zipped up and then pulled it and it split open. This was at this point this was three minutes before the race. I had to take it off twice in the in the five or so minutes before the race and I was pretty stressed. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think even if you're used to wearing a wetsuit, wearing a wetsuit like cool swimming's different from open water swimming. And um, swimming with a wetsuit in the pool is also kind of different. Like yeah, it's it also
0: strange. It also weird. feels strange, you yeah, know, because so it's just like a swimming probably, pool. Probably, yeah. it might
2: not seem like something you have to practice, but I think it probably is something yeah, that I think, so. like even like for a few weeks beforehand, even just doing like 10 minutes of warm-up in the wetsuit to get used to it would be, yeah, it's, just, it's an odd thing. What would be good
1: is if you live within about 500 metres of a 50-metre pool that you could test your wetsuit in, right? Like Flevo Park, for example.
0: Yeah, And yeah. <laughs> Anna, why? Lives,
1: why Anna not? lives less than half a kilometre away from a 50 metre <laughs> pool that you can use your wetsuit in.
0: But why not swim gym, right? Let's just go uh, to, <laughs> the, to the swim gym in the wetsuit. Yeah, oh, indeed. that's true.
1: <laughs> Right, let's move on to the bike, right? First of all, do you know what your bike time was?
0: no sorry i am thing. i am uh, that's that's also a bit of me like i don't remember all these kind of details yeah, you yeah. know it's like no i think it was I, I don't know either it was 10 hours or 12 hours something how, how, something in between <laughs> i don't know exactly
1: long fucking long <laughs> yeah it was long
0: uh, it was long uh, indeed
1: how did the how did the bike go tell us about yeah, the bike? bike
0: was amazing oh really bike so that's was your really strongest
1: is it your strongest or your favorite Probably running it was might be it was
0: my favorite during the race, and whether that's better than uh, running, I think it depends on the race. But in that race, so
1: what do you prefer if you had a, you know a choice? You know, you can cycle to get to your destination or run. Maybe no, I cycle. Then I cycle. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think cycling was indeed like my favorite part of the of the race, and it was like a, like a dream. I cycled like I have never cycled before, and like I mean it, like you know. And what bike did you use? A TT bike. Yeah, I had the uh, I had my uh, TT bike.
1: They'll be banned soon if Matt gets his way. Right. Sorry.
0: <laughs> but it's uh, it's also like I I had my Garmin and I just took it off and I put it in my pocket behind and then I I didn't even like because it was kind of stressing me like how fast I go, how far still, etc. So I just put it in the pocket behind me. And I didn't even look at it. I also didn't know like how much distance I have done. I didn't know on which like loop I was and how much distance I did. uh, What was my average? So were you
1: surprised when they said right time up or were you like, oh my God, is it not time up yet? Like how? No. So
0: then I was like kind of prolonging. Okay. I'm not going to look at it until six or until half past six or until seven. And then at some point (coughs) I looked at it and it was, I think like 60 kilometers uh, to go. And I look at my average and I was like, this is impossible. Possible. And I was like amazed with myself because it was above 30, which I would never like kind of expect because I am ultra, but I am not very fast. Mm-hmm. So then I put it again in the pocket and then I was like, yeah. So bike was like really like, I felt really strong on the bike. What mm-hmm. also helped me is I met some Polish family mm-hmm. who were, they were supporting me there. And when I stopped for a second to change the socks, they were like, they kind of jumped on me and like they start putting like the sun cream on me oh, nice. they were starting like pouring water on me like one was giving me banana the other was like giving me like something else and suddenly i felt like i'm a professional cyclist you know <laughs> oh, because yeah. suddenly there was like five people around me doing like everything for me that's
1: the people you're inspiring like yeah a triathlon spa yeah yeah and
0: that gave me this kind of feeling hey i am actually like a pro yeah and that's yeah. when i started racing like a yeah. pro and i was as i said i was um, one of the last ones out of water and then like somewhere beginning on the bike someone told me that I am a fourth woman in the race and then I thought okay either I slow down or I speed up because I don't want to be right below podium so either I go to podium or I just like relax etc and then you know because of this kind of feeling like hey I am a pro I that gave me a lot of like a mental strength, yeah, yeah and yeah, I energy. like took all of them like but on the bike. We should mention
1: we never mentioned this. You came fourth over. You came first, female. And I think fourth or six or eighth or like sixth, sixth, sixth overall. overall, so you yeah. beat the majority of yeah. the males as well. Which we
2: never even mentioned, but that's an amazing. So Anna, what was? Can you tell us what was the course like for the bike? Was it like a like loops or was it yeah? It, out it was and back loops,
0: or? and again, I don't know how many again because I wasn't counting, but I believe it was like four point six kilometers loop. Wow. So uh, so it was like. Yeah, a bit less than five kilometers slope. And I, oh yeah, 84, I think. 84, that's the number, I think. of the, of the <laughs> now It's I, uh, funny
1: you mentioned putting the Garmin in your back pocket. I don't know if yeah. you remember, uh, Matt, when we done Crash Gal in Germany. I can never pronounce it, but we done a half <laughs> Ironman six weeks ago or so. And I was the same. I just stopped looking at my watch. It It, it irritates me. I start yeah. to become like a mathematician in my head, yeah. thinking like it just slows me down. And then when I done Roth a couple of weeks ago, I just had like one one number showing on my watch. Just to, it just gets in the way. Um, same with the bike. I don't look at my average on the bike. I don't. I only look at power, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but but um, I'm the same. Like it begins to irritate me. And I've tried to to think. Well, maybe if I do focus on the numbers, I'll go faster. So yeah. far, so far it hasn't happened.
0: That can be, that can be, but for me also, like, because I wasn't looking at it, I I really did it based on how I felt, like, it was, like, feeling, but what's also quite, I was impressed with myself, is that my, my uh, speed was, like, constant, so I was not, like, faster or, or like, slower, it was, like, like, seriously, it was, like, within, like, a few seconds every loop.
1: See, that's interesting, I can't imagine doing something just on field that is so long, because I would... Fuck it up, like I would go too hard. I would just go too hard, I think, yeah. and then then I'd suffer, you know, halfway during the bike. But you didn't, yeah. yeah. That's quite amazing that just through fuel was stable, constant, you know, steady. because I could yeah.
0: analyze afterwards, and yeah. it was just like one yeah. steady, stable uh, bike.
1: But do you think the course probably lends itself to that as well? Because it's like a five-kilometer loop. I mean, you can not to say. I mean, mentally, I think it would mess with me anyway. But it's it gives you, I guess, a little bit more consistency yeah but yeah that's phenomenal
0: and you also know what to expect right because at some point you know the whole route of course what was the weather weather? yeah it was uh, it was uh, uh, 30 degrees and in the sun it was I think 40 so it was extremely extremely (laughs) hot and there was a lot of wind but the wind was actually working in my advantage because all the all the other ladies that participated they are German And they were really struggling in the wind. And I could see it because they were like, their cadence was like very low, you know? And then I was like, come on. Like, I didn't tell them, but I was like, make your cadence yeah, higher yeah, yeah, yeah. so that it's easier they yeah, were really shift, struggling shift against the likely. wind because i guess they are not used to yeah. but i am training in the, the Dutch netherlands hills,
1: yeah they call it the so Dutch i was hills.
0: like yeah that's my uh, that's my race that's tell, my race Tell
1: was about the attack wall of messages this is our club attack
0: yeah so that happened during the run so after i got uh, uh, off okay. the bike right and then uh, Michiel was also like supporting on the, on the bike and he was like uh, always uh, always there and then I started running in the evening and I saw on, on the wall all the sticky notes with some messages and then he told me that these are like messages from the people from attack that wrote messages for me and that really got me going through the run because wow. it was 50 loops yeah. <laughs> of 1.77 7 kilometers so and uh, uh, approximately 50 sticky notes so that kind of kind of created some distraction. I yeah. was just running for the next sticky note, you know? Yeah, so for yeah. each you loop, one, I was one, just one taking lap. one. I didn't take <laughs> two or et cetera, and I never missed one, let's say. So oh, it was nice. kind of like, for me, like, okay, now I'm just going for yet another sticky note. And you know, some of them like were really nice. Some yeah, of do them any were like out? funny. Like I remember one that was saying like, keep on running and uh, otherwise we make you swim again. <laughs> So that was like, yeah, I have to keep on running. There was also one, uh, uh, Theo said, that uh, that he told his uh, teenager daughter about me that morning. So then I also thought, hey, keep going. You never know who you are inspiring, you know? Maybe there is some kind of girl out there who will, like, kind of think about it or whatever, who I will inspire. So, yeah, yeah, that was really nice, uh, yeah. I still have all those sticky notes. At yeah, home, I so I, I imagined you. I'm going to reuse that. them, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what would you do differently on the bike?
0: On the bike?
1: Yeah. Doesn't sound like there would no, be No,
0: I don't think. Yeah, so the 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 the, the only uh, trouble it was in the end not a trouble, but it could have turned into the trouble. I didn't eat almost anything.
2: And really? that,
0: yeah, because it was so hot yeah. that like I couldn't eat. And, you know, my sp- support, they were saying like, Anna, if you don't eat, you, you're going to die. You are not going to finish. <laughs> and I knew that because in my trainings, I was always eating. Yeah. So I was used to kind of eat like every hour and every half an hour, et cetera. But I really couldn't. And I I I am also like against and anyway for the ultra race that doesn't work this kind of gels and yeah, like yeah. energy bars. It's buys. a question
1: we've got later. Yeah, yeah I, I to just talk eat, eat normal
0: food, right? Yeah. So like pancakes <coughs> with uh, whatever Nutella or the brownie self yeah. uh, self made brownie, etc. So I had like the whole box of food and like I seriously didn't eat anything <laughs> except two brudjeskas, so the the sandwich with uh, with cheese and half banana. That's all I ate for the for the bike ride and that's wow. amazing because that's not what I'm used to but it was just too don't hot. do
1: this at home kids <laughs> no don't do that don't do that
0: and I was pretty sure that that's gonna kill me but somehow I've made it and like I, I throw away all this food afterwards so so I don't know if I would do anything differently because on the other hand like I really couldn't eat I knew I have to but I couldn't but probably it's wiser to eat more <laughs>
2: Definitely, the long at the end of these long days. Anyway, the stomach starts to shut down. But I think like when there's some research come out quite recently about the effect of temperature on that, and like how much it exager, you know exact accelerates it with all because the blood moves to all your different muscles and stuff. But obviously, yeah. then it does so even more when you need to cool yourself as well as move the body. So basically, you've got like no blood left around the stomach to make anything work. So then all those things like your appetite disappears. You know, all those hormones and stuff which cause you to have an appetite. It almost makes you feel a bit sick. Like the thought of eating is a bit like,
0: yeah or yeah, exactly yeah, so. it was like I, I really like I really couldn't and like when I stopped for that uh, to change the socks they were like pushing like banana into my mouth but I said <laughs> guys I'm gonna throw out if I if I get it into and I also had like a isotonic which I never drink but yep. of course everyone told me drink isotonic during the race I couldn't handle that because I am anyway not into sweet I am yeah. very much into like sour uh, yeah, uh, uh, food so I couldn't it was like too sweet for me. And then I didn't have it, but uh, one of the supporters from the Polish team—they had like a, a, a cups with salt. Yeah, yeah. I have never used it in my life. But then Monica, the, the Polish supporter, she she put like one of those cups into my bidon, and yeah. then when I drank it, I was like, Monica, this is like I have never drunk anything <laughs> more delicious in my life. And then they they like so seriously. My bike was like two sandwiches with. Cheese and for every bit on they just put the salty, salt yes, capsules. Yeah, the I've only started capsules. using them recently. Yeah.
1: And no, good.
0: isotonic, like nothing yeah. sweet. I it's mean, it's really an
1: st- equivalent, I think, of ice tonic. And so, well, depending on the, on on the drink, I guess. But I tend to take salt pills instead of in and yeah. the water. Yeah. I don't like all yeah. these sweet things, and you're <clears throat> there's enough with gels. Yeah.
2: I hate to break it to you, Anna, but there, it was actually like uh, half a gram of coke that they were putting into every bottle. <laughs> when you were that can be. That's be that's why you went so fast. <laughs> was, yeah, it, that can
0: be. It, but after the race, I got the she anti-doping. Had a calm down. <laughs> oh, that's
2: yeah. right, you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: like I, I crossed the finish line, that there was like a lady, and she said, "I have to take to the do- I have to take." And yeah, that's because the- they're like, "How the fuck did you eh? do that?
1: How the fuck did you and do that like, with two rolls and banana?" <laughs> yeah,
0: and I was like, "Are I, you serious?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah she done a great uh double distance but now she's a drug addict <laughs> right let's move on to the run then or so do, do you know your run time probably not i guess no i don't
0: it. i think it was also like uh, somewhere 10 or yeah, 11 hours still, i mean amazing something so like this that, is I
1: 84 kilometers
0: 84.4 kilometers indeed wow how did that go Yeah, that was... uh, That That was was through the
1: night, right? That was
0: through the night. So I got off the bike, I don't know, I think like (laughs) 10 p.m. or something. I don't know exactly the the timing, but somewhere before the evening I got off the bike or beginning of the evening. And then uh, uh, I was already first from the women, so that kind of motivated me uh, a lot, of course, because I had one hour advantage to the next uh, uh, lady. So I thought, okay, then... I just need to keep on going. So that kind of motivated me because I knew the second lady, she's like a uh, experienced ultramarathoner. Oh, wow. So I knew that she would be chasing me, but I also knew I have one hour advantage. So that kind of kept me going and I saw them like still cycling and I was already on the run. So that yeah. was nice. But running was also nice because during the run, w- I could speak to other participants. Like on the bike, you don't do that really. But during the run, you are chatting. And in I'm the surprised ultra,
1: you didn't do it on the bike as well actually
0: no not really no. because you just you go too fast yeah, yeah, well, will, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> just like, uh, no, but on the run, you know, also in the ultra races, people just talk to each other, yeah. so they are really yeah, like yeah, yeah. a kind of family and half of them were Polish anyway, so that is also quite, uh, why uh, is that? Yeah, I don't know, somehow, Coincidence like, or? like the, the uh, male uh, winner, he is also Polish, the second right. place is also Polish, so I think half of them were Polish, so that's hmm. also kind of nice, because you have like someone to talk to, etc, yeah, 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 yeah. that also creates some distraction, yeah. And uh, the sticky notes from att right? So that was also nice. But then the night came. And you know that the people, they went to sleep, of course, except the participants and not my support team and some other support teams. But the, the, the audience of the race, they just went to sleep. So it was like dark, and it was like, it, it got colder, so that was good, but it was kind of quiet and like kind of monot- monotony, you know yeah, what I mean? Was, because was, it that was like, a challenge? It was mentally. a challenge, and of course I was already like getting tired from the lack of sleep, so I was not really tired after the bike, but from the lack of sleep. But my coach also told me, Anna, remember, in the night when it will be dark, you will be very sleepy. But then you have to remember that it will not stay forever. It will only stay until it starts getting light because that's how your body works. Yeah, so then you, the you have melatonin. this melatonin yeah. hormone yeah. in you. And then he said, just think about when it get lighter, it will be better again. And then so that's what I was like counting on, like know that at 5 a.m. or whatever, 4.30, it will get lighter. And that was indeed helping because then I was less, uh, less yeah. tired.
1: I do the same when I'm driving to Poland. <laughs> yeah i drive overnight and i know that when the sun rises yeah.
0: i won't be tired anymore <laughs> we are exactly <laughs> like a, it's so an nice. automatic
2: response right that you wake up when the sun rises like yeah. the body is sort of, sort of yeah. the, it's so interesting with a lot of these endurance events like super endurance one of one of like my first experiences i wasn't i was racing as part of a journalist team at that point so i wasn't really uh fully into triathlon we just like dipped in and out, but we did a, an adventure race, and we just did a couple of stages of what was a four or five day event. And one of the the big parts was like a, I don't know, it's like a hundred k sort of run across the desert. So it's a, a day or two of, of racing, but all th- there's this crazy physical element to it. But it's always the night; it's always the sleep deprivation, which yeah. is the hardest part. Yeah. in getting through the night.
1: How, yeah. how tired were you, like, and what? And what sen- was there a moment where you're like, I could just stop and have a wee snooze
0: here. No, 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 I didn't have that. I was tired, but I was not like, you know, as a trainee, I also did like 100 kilometers run. So I was that tired. So I kind of knew that. But, you know, it's also nice in ultra, or at least that's my experience in endurance. When you get tired... You don't get, like, more and more tired. You just just stay tired, tired. you know? It's not getting worse, and it can even get a bit better, right, when the light uh, uh, comes out. But it's more like, that. it's just like you are tired, but, like, stable tired. So you just, like, kind of, you need to get used to it, but it's not getting worse every hour.
1: Did you use your watch? Were you... Checking like your pace no, not
0: really. I was really focused on like the second lady because yeah. during the whole run I didn't really believe that I can win this race, but yeah. I did believe that I can get a podium because like yeah. I had an advantage from the bike, etc. And the second lady was like around nine, ten loops behind me, so I was constantly counting like, is it still nine or is it ten or Did is she it pass eight? me or did I dream? Did it? she pass me? <laughs> yeah. And she kind of, I was like so focused on her, you know, and I, I also like. It was like 10 loops, then it was nine, then it was eight. So then I got scared. So then I thought, what should I do? So then I came up with this idea, like strategic idea. I won't let her see that I am tired. So when she was, like, approaching me from, like, uh, you know, from the other direction, I was like, hey, Rita, you know, it's like, and when she passed, uh, when she, like, passed, I was like, oh, oh, my God. (laughs) And there were also moments that she was, like, right behind me because, you know, like, I don't know, she stopped or I stopped or whatever. Then I was running faster because I didn't want to let her see you know like I didn't want to give her any hope to motivate her yeah, and I mean, that hope, helped
1: hope is all you need to get going again hope if you can take that hope need. away yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so that's, that. A,
0: that's a nice strategy that you don't give this hope <laughs> and then you know this distance started like increasing again so
2: I like it so did you just mentally sort of kick it off into those like the 50 laps was that how you sort of were dealing with it or? so
0: that's, uh, that's I think also a nice lesson uh, if people want to do it it's good to kind of <laughs> slice it into smaller pieces and it's good to also to cheat your mind so then I thought okay it's just 50 laps and one lap is one kilometer right so I didn't count like 1.7 etc so I just counted okay just 50 laps so it's 50 kilometers so then I go like every five I get like a reward let's say you know and then I stop for the watermelon or Red Bull or whatever so it was like okay now it's 45 now it's 40 and, and so on going down every 10
2: laps another line of coke and then I'll <laughs> be <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> told yeah. you she's a drug addict
1: I, was, uh, I talked about this in the last podcast but I'd done exactly the same with uh, I, with Roth with the uh, full distance and I took my race number and I, I ripped it into 8 pieces and every time I'd done 5k yeah. I tore a piece off yeah. and then that was the So I was just pretending I was doing like some 5k races yeah. and then I got to the end which would have been number seven kilometers and and I forgot and I finished and that was it so I do all these little mind games as well I start playing I, I think
2: every endurance athlete once you yeah. get to probably yeah. be on like 10k even yeah. on a run or something yeah. like I think everyone's doing that it's about it's an exercise <laughs> it's so of silly, like distracting it? the distracting,
0: mind yeah. from
2: the effort and the yeah. intensity and all that no yeah. matter what level you are I think yeah. maybe if you're like pro and you're like racing you know like literally racing other people like yeah. at, a h- at a high effort level maybe you get involved in that and that's what distracts you but for everyone else it's really it's really that sort of separation of mind and body yeah it really is it really is
0: and i think it's also like nice to what works really also for me is to count down instead of up so (laughs) instead of like thinking hey i i I just did like 40 kilometers then your body starts thinking if you did 40k running you must be tired but if you count down and you think hey just 25 laps to go you know, then you see like decreasing. So it's it's really cheating. We spoke
1: your mind. about this. We, I think we have a similar sort of uh, <laughs> line on this. So we spoke about this on the last podcast. And also when I was in Roth with the others, I was, and I even put it in the group. I was like, why don't they count down? Why is it not 42 to yeah. 41 to 40 and we were sort of split you know i think yap's idea was it can count up and then count down and you never do 40 you only ever do 21 kilometers which was quite a good idea but that was exactly why i ripped my race number because i wanted to count down i even thought about something on my wrist you know they add the lap bands i thought about adding eight bands and taking one off every time i done 5k and then when i'm down to one i'm like oh it's only 5k to go and obviously i never done that but that was why i ripped the number yeah and um yeah, it's funny. I'm the same. I think it should count
2: down. But. I
0: think it's it's easier to manage, you know? Yeah. So, like, the swim, I didn't think it's 7.6 kilometers. I just thought, okay, it's 2K, and then it's 2K, and it's like 2K. Oh, okay. And then you focus on 2K yeah, exactly. only, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. difficult it for your mind yeah. to, to yeah. just break it down and count down, yeah. yeah.
2: I have always on the run, I'm like, once you get to like half like on an Ironman for example I get to 21k and I'm like okay 21k that's my Saturday training run so I yeah, know that and then yeah. it's like 14k okay that's into the woods and then background yeah, to the yeah, forest yeah. okay hey okay that's uh you know like I'm comparing it to the things that I know all the time and uh that makes it feel more manageable
1: tell us about the training there's a lot of questions about training so first of all how did it differ if you can recall from say training for an Ironman did it differ I mean we were talking about this in the last podcast that sometimes it doesn't sometimes it, it becomes um, less intense and things like how did it differ from you to say training for your, your Ironman versus the double oh distance?
0: the comparison yeah uh, like, it well, was a kind of very similar it was very similar training right. I don't remember exactly you know the training for the Ironman but it was, of course, it was more like longer distances, let's say, that I did, right, as but a preparation intense. for this race. Yeah. yeah, I think intensity I still had quite quite ha- a lot. You have lot. a coach. You have a coach. I, I yeah. Had a, yeah, I had a coach. Now I'm uh, in, a, in a phase of changing. Yeah. But uh, I had a coach indeed, and he's the experienced ultra yeah. triathlete uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think that, like, uh, I maybe that's also interesting for people because many people think that when you train for double you need to train when you train for double ironman or triathlon you need to Train twice as much, we, which we is not the about, case. We
1: spoke about that in the last uh, yeah, podcast. It's, as well, it's not yeah. the
0: case. You train almost the same, yeah. uh, of course, a bit more and maybe l- more endurance, less yeah. intensity uh, focus, yeah. but you don't really. It's not like that uh, f- for Ironman, you spend yeah. 20 hours a week and here you spend 40 yeah, hours. We yeah, exactly,
1: we spoke exactly about
2: that in the last podcast. It's not
0: very different.
2: Yeah. yeah I think like you've only got so many hours in a day anyway, right? Yeah. So if you can only train like 15 hours in a week, yeah. it's probably more the every few weekends that needs to be a eight hour bike ride instead of like splitting it up equally over the week the one thing i think for an ultra though is that they i think with a definitely with a half and anything up to a full distance you can probably get by on 10 to 12 hours a week i think like once you get up to an ultra you kind of have to commit to a little bit more than that to be just to be able to hit those longer like, it doesn't have to be every week. You don't need to be doing, like, a huge ride every week and a huge run every week and a yeah. huge swim every week. But you do need to probably do, like, one of those things each week or, yeah. you know, alternate through, right, we for had the had last two weeks. It's
1: actually a question um, Michael asked, that and Yeva as well, like, how many hours were you training?
0: Yeah, it was, like, between, like, 15 and 20 hours. Yeah,
1: it's quite a lot then, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's it's a lot, but, again, it's it's similar, I think, to the Ironman yeah. training, and I think it's also, like, you cannot like your body cannot consume more hours of training yeah, unless you, just you have are to adapt a pro. To but training, you know, yeah. I am just an amateur, so yeah. I, my body and uh, you know, like I, I just cannot train for the yeah. hours a week. This is this is That's a question impossible.
1: that came up relating to that from from Celine, but there was a few others brought it up as as uh, sorry, not from Celine, from from others. It's. Um, in terms of how did you fit it around family life? Because you have two sons, right? How, yeah. How do you? What was the challenges with that? How did you do? It? I mean, you spoke earlier about having their support, which I understand with my own son and uh, Magda as well. But yeah, how did you plan it around that? You you work. You you probably go vacation. Um, you have birthdays, you know. I know how it is yeah. when you've got when I didn't you've got have many
0: children. <laughs> yeah, but Did you know, yeah. you've got children who yeah, have birthday
1: parties, yeah. and you know how yeah. Yeah, just life gets in the way. How do you? How do you?
0: Yeah, and I think there are like two words that I could say. One is organization, and the other is discipline. These it's are what? the two discipline. Oh, discipline. Yeah, You're need okay. yeah. to be disi- yeah. Yeah. yeah, because you know, like it's like there are choices that you need to make. I have a yeah. full-time job. I have but I don't have full-time kids so that is helping I don't yeah. want to promote uh, uh, splitting uh, or whatever divorcing <laughs> but the fact that I am
1: divorced but that's life life gets in it <laughs> it's because of your drug habits. It it it's because organization discipline
2: and divorce <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's because of the drug it's all that cocaine that she's been taking <laughs> yeah. so yeah that would but be that, my tip <laughs> that's something that you've managed to adjust to for a long time right that's not just yeah. been a recent thing Yeah, that's so true. it's worth mentioning that as well Yeah, uh, but it didn't, it is, it didn't uh, happen yeah because of the training that's what i'm trying to say yeah. no 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 no, no. It,
0: but uh, incidentally it helped you know because i only have them like 50 percent of my time yeah. and yeah i have a full-time job but i yeah. can also work from home and yeah. it's just how you organize it like i was going to the swimming pool at 6 a.m so yeah. that i can be with kids when they get up yeah you know, yeah, we would I was occasionally going. bump
1: into each other in the swim. Not at yeah. 6 a.m., I have to say. but
0: No, but uh, indeed, yeah. but then also I was, like, going to sleep with them
1: Yeah.
0: so that I can Which get up thing, early, yeah. you know. It's like I was getting to bed, like, at yeah. 9 p.m., and then yeah. I was, like, exhausted. And yeah. I was, like, during winter, I was, like, doing a lot of indoor yeah. cycling, yeah. watching films with yeah. them. So yeah. I was That's just cool. next to them. I was doing a training and three hours on the indoor yeah. trainer, and we were watching whatever. But, but This is what us. people
1: want to hear because, yeah. you know, it, it's. It, I think it's really insightful for people to hear that, you know, even people that are planning and having children or people yeah. that have them. Or, like I always say this to, to people as well, and I only have one, but it's like... Life will get in the way. You've just got to yeah. plan around it. I plan everything yeah. around it. Yeah. Um, if I go away, I have to travel from work quite a bit. I take my running shoes. I take yeah. my swim gear. You know, there's always a way, but it comes down to what you say. It's organisation, planning, and yeah. discipline. But not were, letting the, yeah. the, the 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 session slip.
2: I think there's exactly. also like um like expectation management there as well. In that, like, well, two sides. Firstly, if you're really clear with the people in your life, like what this is something I'm passionate about. Yep. This is something I really want to do. Like, this is what it's going to need from me. And this is what I'm going to need from you to help that work, which sounds a bit, yeah. you know, sort of hippie that you are going to sit down, but it definitely helps. But the flip side is like, like I can, I can make the time every year or two to, to do a full distance race with a family and jobs and stuff. Now, if I wanted to qualify for Kona, that would be a really different thing. I have to be realistic that I have X number of hours and that like... We're about to go away for three weeks on vacation, and to we'll take a bike, and I'll probably get to do a one-hour ride here and there. Yeah. If I want to go and do five hours every three, you know, every two or three days, it's just not going to happen. I'm just it's happy. I'm just happy you know. to
1: hear Matt that you didn't say. You know, if I want to, I'm going to ditch the kids and the wife now because I want to train <laughs> yeah. for for no, I was you know. half expecting you to say that, so they're going yeah. to live in the UK and <laughs> Mr. Like, mm, sounds
2: wonderful. It's fifty percent of the time. <laughs> I am in. Sign of law. Yeah, it's, it's no, Yeah, really I think you point. just have to be realistic with like my performance level is never gonna be what it could be without that. But yeah. at the same time, like it I can still do things which are like challenging and interesting and make yeah. me passionate, you know, all those things and balance that family life. So it's just being yeah. sort of realistic and then like you say, super disciplined to be like I don't know if we go to the in-laws for for lunch on a Sunday. I run home or yeah. something. You know, like yeah. we find ways to hide training in. Yeah, that, that's things. what I, I
1: started to. I started to bribe Magda with buying her lunch. <laughs> so I would bike some. New, I wanted to bike new kilometers so that I didn't have to come back. So yeah. I would just bike for 150 or whatever, 130 one way, and then get Magda to come and collect me. and We'd have lunch in some random village which you know is always quite nice discovering new places and, and then she would just take me home, the bike would go in the car so we We done that and that was quite cool I've
2: So seen if, the, uh, I... if Neil wants to do an ultra we just have to get Magda to leave him <laughs> <Yeah>. after lunch <laughs> <laughs> right? like,
0: <laughs>
1: She's like see you later, bye. Thanks for lunch, bye
0: <laughs> I think the message for the people is that there will never be like ideal circumstances, right so you can say mm. okay she has two kids, someone else has one kid or three kids or no she has full-time job she this and that so there will it will never be ideal but i think it's important to make the best out of your situation basically
1: yeah i've always been a believer in not making it as any sort of excuse not making just making it part of training which is sometimes easier said than done but if you want to do it i believe you'll do it we got a question from Celine. this is the one that i was mixing up before and what was the worst part of training loneliness Loneliness, yeah that's true yeah it can't yeah, get that way yeah. i think
0: that yes. i even
1: get bored the podcast at some point it's too much for me <laughs> and then i start just wanting silence um okay that's cool right so one other section to speak about we spoke a little bit about it which um and I, it starts with a question we're, we're going to talk to you about the nutrition i think you've given us a real uh, insight into that so this could be quite short but we've got a question from uh, from yeva let's hear what she has to say
0: Hello Anna, super ultra woman. First of all, congratulations again on your achievement. It's Eva, actually. What did you eat uh, throughout the ultra? I'm asking this question just because I struggle a lot with uh, GI issues.
1: So I, I cut that down quite a bit. There was different questions that others had asked. So anyway, she asked a few questions, but that was one that no one had uh, mentioned. So yeah.
0: My recommendation is to eat real food only.
1: Yeah. And that's a question And that really what you. you
0: like. Yeah. Eh? Like yeah. really what you like and yeah. no gels et cetera. But there are different different uh, schools let's no, say I, right I'm so that's just my school. With
1: Ultra, uh, So I've done an ultra marathon and I'm on the same school I thought like we, we we've spoke about this. We've exhausted this topic between ourselves and and myself and Matt on gels and things like I I struggle with them but I have to use I did use them for the Ironman and actually it worked out quite well but for the ultra that I did I was eating chips I was eating nah. sandwiches I was just eating anything that I actually quite liked to eat I find it more difficult doing a race on the bike but um I'm on that scale I thought for, for ultra endurance events do what your your body can take otherwise you're just setting yourself up for uh, something else that's going to come later on but uh, that's my that's my thought.
0: Yeah, I think it's really like find what works for you and do yeah. that. You know, for me, it's indeed real food. Yeah, and I thought I was prepared for like anything. But there was, uh, like, I, I couldn't eat, as I said, yeah, right? So on the on the bike, I really couldn't eat. think that's going to surprise eat, so a lot of people. Yeah, but, I, like, seriously, I have, like, witnesses that I almost didn't eat anything. I, I have
1: a question and here that actually the run, says, did you feel hungry at any point? <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, bike, no, no, you no, ah, I didn't. And on the <laughs> run,
0: like, I couldn't eat either, right? And I was just drinking uh, Red Bull every yeah. now and then and the salty water I was drinking. Yeah. And this is seriously how I did this race. But then somewhere close to the end of the run, someone like a watermelon on the table and when I saw it suddenly that became like my biggest dream ever
2: so I was like and it was
0: like another Polish participant with his supports, and I was like guys give me just like a bit of this watermelon and they said you can have it all and I was like this was like the most beautiful moment of the whole race <laughs> running so around really with like, a watermelon <laughs> yeah I was like eating this watermelon and I just ate watermelon during yeah. the run and I didn't eat anything what I prepared but my recommendation is really like find what works for you if you have issues with digestion etc something your body doesn't like change it
1: but do you think yeah. that did, did it surely you practiced though right was, yeah. was food working for you when you practice? practicing
0: yeah 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 when so i this was, was training that. i was like practicing food that was also a recommendation from my coach right yeah. Train, yeah, but it's like the Same like test it? like different foods etc out works what gives you energy so i had like everything prepared but i couldn't eat none of that so yeah. during the training i was also eating just normal food
1: yeah all the yeah, time. yeah yeah, yeah.
2: I think a lot of people that get GI distress, I think most people do. Um, Like you say, you have to train what you're, or or practice what you're using, but also practice that race intensity. Because a lot of people do like a four hour easy ride and go, Well, I was eating cake and pancakes. It was fine. And then they get into a race and they're going, you know, yeah. their heart rate's 20 beats a, mi- a yeah. minute higher. And then all of a sudden they're like, but I'm getting GI distress, you know, yeah. so... so this, like, this is
1: the thing with me with the, with the Man. I have to take the gels and stuff. I can't yeah. really take... But if I go on a club ride or something, now, I'm the first to have a sandwich or, a, you know, something completely random. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, The man. other
2: thing for the endurance stuff is like, if I think at first, like, stop. Just take two minutes. Like, stop yeah. and eat because, like, it's a long day, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, or two days or whatever it might be on, on the ultra endurance stuff. So like whilst it seems like you don't want you're like, Hey, I'm cruising along at 30 K an hour. I can't stop now, but actually you're better off yeah. stopping and getting some food in than not, you know? So, and I think if you can train, start with that. And then maybe you can carry on moving, but not pedal. And then you can pedal lightly and yeah. things like that. But, um, another tip I have, which a lot of people get wrong is, in racing, people try to take nutrition in when they're going uphill because they feel like they're going slower and then that's a good opportunity to grab a bottle. But your heart's working harder, your muscles are pushing harder, all those things. So actually do it on the downhill instead when you're not working and take a moment to to not work and let the food settle a little that, bit. So that's that's a really, thing.
1: really good piece of advice because I'd done exactly that when we'd done the Half Ironman in Crash Gala. I was eating going up the hill and it was I just didn't have a, a great time. Yeah. And then you told me that and then Roth had done the complete opposite. I forgot to tell you that actually, Matt, it worked fine for me eating on the downhill. It feels a bit counterintuitive because you're like, oh man, I could be making up time here. But as we also realised, I probably shouldn't have been doing that anyway. But it's, yeah, it's a real good piece of advice that it feels wrong in your head, but actually it works out really well when you do it
2: yeah your heart rate comes down you're like, yep. you know you can just spin or you can even just like you know settle down and just literally eat for a second but it, yep. like the body's working so hard when you're doing these things it's crazy right yeah. like there was a thing i read the other day it was like a study where they look at a cellular level and they reckon during an ironman you your cells age about 10 years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now the next day or like the weeks afterwards they regenerate and you you know you don't literally age every 10 years but like it's the equivalent where in air of that so the whole body's working that hard so at least give it a break while you're eating don't ask it to do like five different things at once you know like, like moving and exercising and eating are two really complex things for a body to do so like give it a break for a moment and while you're doing that and then you'll find that you know maybe over time you can do those two things and obviously as you get more experience people can do those but if you're getting gi issues then yourself a break and maybe sort of allow the body to concentrate on taking on some food it's before real- you start like smashing the bike or the run or whatever it might be
1: it's a good point um uh, i don't think you can see this i'm going to see if i can share my screen obviously no one else can see this but uh, anna and matt can see this and this is talking about aging uh, this is the guy that's doing one uh, Iron Man a day. <laughs> he's been doing it for 90 days, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he's
0: he's 20,
1: yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> it was his 19th birthday last night. <laughs> so uh, his name's—you can find his Instagram. His people. name uh, is
2: uh, Forest Cup
1: <laughs> <laughs> So Sean Conway Adventure is his Instagram. That's what we're looking at just now, and he's he's fairly—he's just what Matt had said there. He's he's aged quite uh quite a bit. So that that's quite funny. Um, all right, cool. I've got some other. Uh, questions or we won't, won't uh, spend too much longer on nutrition because I think that's pretty clear um so Celine had another one uh in terms of like a mental track do you have a mental you've spoke about some of it actually with that it helped to have that sort of competitive element from the the other female runner but is there anything else that you that you you sort of brought out the, the mental toolkit to get you get you through yeah. I guess it depends on the stage and you know, are you running, what time of day, all that kind of thing. And you've told us a lot about that, but it's yeah. if you had to give a piece of advice to Yeah, one
0: so during the swim, I was just trying to survive. So I was not really strong mentally, so I don't have any advice. On the bike, what helped me is this kind of feeling, hey, I am a pro, right? Yeah, so that gave me like really strong uh, mental uh, kind of feeling, hey, I am like Tom Dumoulin or whatever. <laughs> so that's how I should be racing. So that gave me, uh, I think, a lot of strength. On the run, it was the competition with the second yeah. lady. I even like on the last uh, loop, I even uh, thanked her for, <laughs> for letting she, me win, she's like on a for making today. me win. You know, she's, she's, on, she's, 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 she's on the podcast. I she's was on like, a podcast. Rita, today. thanks for the motivation because I only won, like you know, I won also because of you. So I think that was, yeah, competitive spirit that that was in me that I was like trying not to be uh, that that she doesn't does not uh, overtake me. But there is also one uh, story behind uh, my uh, trainings, etc. During Corona, my uh, father passed yeah, away, not. and that was uh, the most important pe- person in my life. So it's also like the person who kind of created me to this like strong, independent woman. You know, he always thought me Anna just try and it will be fine keep fighting never give up etc so that also kind of drove me during the trainings and also during the race i thought
1: that was part of the yeah. motivation actually you've yeah, mentioned as well. and yeah, yeah there I are many was...
0: factors right of the, of the motivation but that also gives me like a lot of like a mental strength because he kind of pumped it in me you know when i was a child and that comes out now
1: what do you think he would have said to you at the finish line
0: that he knew that I would do it. And that's also what I believe, that I can do it because I knew that he would that's say, yeah, you can do we it, you know? About. And like yeah. all these like struggles uh, on the way, like a bed swim or whatever, it's just like a small struggle. Yeah. But in the end, deep inside, I didn't thought that uh, I didn't think I would win it, yeah. but I did know that I would finish yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. I just knew that from the beginning yeah, and yeah. that kept me going.
1: It stands for so much. I, I was having a real hard time I don't know, like mentally before this challenge, Roth. But whenever I spoke to anyone, and and I genuinely believe this, there was never a doubt I would finish unless my leg was chopped off or something. And even yeah. then, I would be trying to find a set yeah. of crutches to finish. And it's hope I think. I think the mental state that was bothering me, bothering me so much about Roth was when I was struggling with a sore hip, and it was, I was letting it get to me, thinking that might. Um, just be too painful or something, you know, but it, it is more, I kept running through what is that pain going to be like? I never ran through what was it going to be like if I didn't finish, because it was never an option for me. So it's very interesting. Yeah. And I
0: think another advice is that also set yourself up for the success. Yeah. So like really think that you can do it, you know, yeah. like, but really convince yourself that yeah. you can do it. Visualize yourself <laughs> on the finish line. Yeah. One of the lessons from the trainings I had, I was supposed to do like 12 kilometers run. Mm-hmm. That's, that was in my uh, training. And then I thought, no, I won't count like hours. I just do 100 kilometer, kilometers run. But somewhere inside, I really wanted to do 84K run right. because that was like the minimum that I knew I have to do mm-hmm. for the race. So, And then I thought, okay, I am aiming for like 100 kilometers. But then inside, I thought, let's just do 84 and then I will be happy. And guess what happened? Until 84, it was stable. And at 84, I broke up. Yeah, I was like, what? Just like, you know, from one meter to another, the, I was like completely done. The mind done. is so the powerful. Mental, yeah, because I set myself up for like 84 yeah. in my head. So yeah. I think my advice to Celine and to others is to really set yourself up for success Yeah, because that's what you will be working yeah.
1: towards. The mind is so powerful and it starts to really play play tricks on you.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. The other thing with that, the, the mind part is... I think this is totally valid for so many people, is what you said about the bike. You had a good bike because you thought I belong here. Yeah. I right. I'm not out of my place. I belong in this here. And I know that like positive self-talk. Like for me, like I had like, for example, the, the 70.3 that that Neil spoke about in Christchow. I had a really good run. I was running well. And I felt like a runner, you know, like I felt like an actual real runner. Yeah. And I was like, I'm doing well here. Whereas there's other races where I feel like I'm going backwards and I'm I'm like, you're so shit at running. What the, what you're (laughs) doing here? You're fucking idiot. Like, why do you even bother with this? Just be a swimmer for God's sake. And that's, that's the thought process. Whereas the minute you feel like, no, I'm actually, I haven't even on the bike where I might, you know, I'm getting overtaken by people. And then I get into T2 and there's only like a handful of bikes in this giant yeah. transition zone. And then I'm like, actually, I'm pretty good. <laughs> you know like yeah. little backpack kind of thing. And just that thing actually changes physically how you feel entirely. Yeah. I struggle with, this, with that a lot. sense of belonging, really. I struggle like,
1: with that a lot because I'm not what most triathletes might. You know, I tend to be a bit heavier than your average triathlete. And I get, and, and I tell you what really gets, like, kind of fucks me up is when you tell people, oh, I'm doing an Ironman, and they go, you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. It begins, it, it began to really get to me. And now I'm just like, just kind of water off a duck's back. But I do sometimes get it, this sort of imposter syndrome. And I'm sitting yep. before Roth, my head is, yeah, I'm, I'm in a really bad headspace, and I'm sitting having dinner with Matt and Yap <laughs> and Chris and all these sub nine, sort of sub 10 categories. And I was like, oh, my. My God, I felt like I was in the wrong place, but it was actually very good to to have the advice of them. There, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I think I think like when you really get like into the very difficult state during like one of the races, then my advice would be like start visual vis, so indeed talking positive to yourself, as Matt explained, but also visualize yourself on the finish line or yeah. at the end of the slope yeah. or at the end of the twenty one k run or whatever really like imagine this in your in your head because that will give your body also, you distract yourself from how I feel so shitty and yeah. you start thinking positive.
1: Yeah, I do, I do a lot of that visualization. I even yeah. imagine having the, the medal. There's yeah. a funny story from Roth when I saw someone at the side when I was still running with the medal. And I remember looking at the medal and thinking, that shit, that medal looks really shit. <laughs> and then we were joking, oh, well, I'll just give up now because I don't want the medal. But it turned out the medal was actually really cool because the medal spun round. <laughs> the middle of it spun. And these are the kind of battles you have in your head when you're in this race. Like you have all these weird, weird thoughts. Um, one more, uh, we've got a few, but I'm, uh, we're getting on a bit with time, so I don't want to take too much time. But what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now If you could tell yourself something going into that race, say you were doing it on on Saturday, what would you tell yourself before starting?
0: uh so on on nice saturday yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's like what you like yeah. you've got you've got a minute to give, your, to give Don't yourself a shake your coke <laughs> 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 no. make sure your drug dealer's not far away yeah
0: so on the on the saturday it's anyway to rate right because that's already the race yeah day, but let's say but before the race before i went there what i would really tell to myself is make sure that you have people around you
1: okay because
0: yeah. i didn't have that coincidentally i met people there yeah but ultra is really all about the people without people you cannot do it so yeah. that that's i think what i would I really agree focus that. on
1: i'd done the same with my ultra uh, marathon i just turned up it was snowing i had no one there and it was cool i mean i was talking to people but after it even the taxi driver would not take me back to the hotel I had to run back to the hotel after the race and I felt so sad yeah. and lonely. So I think that's a very good point. If yeah. you have a support network, use them. And if yeah. you don't, find one. Find they'll, one, they'll, exactly. They'll support don't, you. Yeah,
0: find someone who yeah. supports you indeed. Because I think the whole execution, I would probably do exactly the same. Yeah, Maybe better swimming, but again, that's just a detail. But I think on the execution side, I wouldn't change anything yeah. or I wouldn't tell anything else. To myself.
1: One last question, and this has been asked a few times. What next?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And after the, you know, after the Ironman, I got into this black hole. Probably some people can relate to, right? Then I'm the the it. race is over, you know, and then uh, suddenly I am not a god; I'm just an Ironman. And yeah. what's next? And then I was like, kind of in this black hole. So this time I wanted to avoid this. So I thought, no, after this race, I'm gonna plan another race so yeah. that I have like kind of perspective, etc. Yeah. Which was planned for uh, for August. But in the end, I decided I'm not going to do this race uh, in August, so I have to still explore different options. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely will stay in ultra, yeah. because that's what really drives me, and that's also where I yeah, I just found myself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not really what I do. I think it's just who I am, partially. Yeah. Yeah. I am an ultra. So definitely uh, ultra and uh, probably nothing big this year anymore, yeah. but next year... Uh, but it's all relative, you
1: know, nothing big to some people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to do a 50k race, you know. Just for a some... sprint. <laughs> 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 just a sprint. Just, just, yeah. an Iron Man. just yeah. <laughs> Right. I think we've exhausted enough uh, questions and, and and enough of your time, Anna, so thank you very much for, for coming on. Um, I think that's us at the end, uh, Matt, unless there's anything I mean, we have a few other segments here, but we've ran over a bit. But um, let's leave them for next time. Let's leave it for next time, where we're going to talk. We, we've we've came up with a with a, a a topic for the next triathlon that I've written down, and I've just found that we're thinking about you know the beginner's guide to pro racing. the The world championships sort of comes up um, round about that this period. People, you know, might not know what to look out for. They might they might want to know what the what the hot picks are. So we're gonna we're gonna discuss a lot about that. So. That's going to be in the in the next triathlon. And then any other news that's happened since then and uh yeah, we'll hopefully line up some other guests. So that's it. Thanks a lot, Anna. Thanks, hopefully sir. we'll have you on next year after you've done your triple uh, triple Distance triathlon or
2: whatever's next. <laughs>
0: thanks for having me and thanks for all the questions from yeah, no uh, all problem. the Attack uh, fellows. So we sorry. expect to see
2: you okay. lining up next to the uh, the guy that Neil brought up before, the Iron Cowboy <laughs> guy with uh, <laughs> 109 hundred <laughs> in hundred days.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sean Conway is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can actually you can actually go and run with him, and you've only got twelve days left now. But there's been people just randomly going and doing the doing the run or doing the swim, or, and he talks a lot on his Instagram about how it just helps. Having someone
2: this time next year, we'll be looking at pictures of Anna going, God, she's looking, (laughs) she's (laughs) getting (laughs) feminine.
1: On that, we're going to end. So, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.